episode of Misfits on Vinyl. My name is Spencer Straker. I'm an actor, comedian, and one of your tits. Uh, my name is Aaron, and that was one half-assed intro. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling it fucking today. Yeah, I'm feeling all right today. I'm very sore. Um, I had a very busy weekend. I wanted to talk to you about it. Yeah? So I was in a curling tournament Ooh. this weekend. Um, and let's just say I'm really bad at curling. What position were you playing? Uh, I played a couple different positions, but I threw the rock. Everybody throws the rock. Yep. Um, and everybody sweeps at some point. And, um, but the first day, I was Except using... Except for the skip. Yeah, yeah. I was using the... Uh, the yep. older gentleman there had a grandpa stick. Oh, yep. So I was using that um, because I'm a little fat and getting low and pushing did not seem like my forte. I used that when I had a broken femur. Yeah. I was the only, I was the only kid in high school fucking curling that was using the grandpa stick. Yeah, I was using the grandpa <laughs> stick. And then this grandpa was like, no, like I don't want to share my stick anymore. And I said, you know, I thought you would be like happy that they're, you know, at your age there were so many people interested <laughs> in your stick. But uh, anyway, so he was like, no. So I had to learn to curl properly. And then my first throw um i ate shit <laughs> face planted and hurt my shoulder oh no um so i was like not feeling very very great after our first night of curling um so i know <laughs> i no showed our first game the next day uh and i got a text like dude we gotta come you gotta come like we won like we got a chance to play in the playoffs i was like all right all right so <laughs> <laughs> You fucking, you piece of shit. You just let them fucking, you rode their yeah. coattails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, all right, I'll come. You guys clearly need my talent. So they're like, we'll secure you a grappa stick. I'm like, awesome. Now I don't have to fucking go through that again. Like, I legitimately have, like, a problem with my shoulder. My shoulder popped out. Fuck, dude. Popped back into place. Like, on, like, I, the sad part is I was, like, crouching down. So I only fell, like, maybe... Maybe half a foot on the ice. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's pe- it's pebbled ice. Yeah, or so, pebbled ice. So, playing our first game, uh, it's going okay. Um, I start sweeping, and uh, the <laughs> the the guy that like none of us know how to curl, so he like called us to start going heavy hard, like pretty late. So I like had to run to catch up with the rock, and <laughs> I fucking <laughs> went straight backwards. Oh, smoked dude. my head, smoked my back. Oh, yeah. So oh, fuck, man. I, I was, like, in incredible pain. Uh, played a, I had to play a hockey game that night, too, for the <laughs> team. So I, like, woke up yesterday. I was so stiff, like, fucking stiff as a board, and Sarah went and got Icy Hot. I don't know if you ever used Icy oh, Hot. Oh, yeah. It's not good. No. <laughs> it fucking really hurts. It, 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 is, it does not feel good. I, one time I put it on my dick in high school. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> of course you did. I thought it would be funny. It, it was just, not. like... Yeah, like, it really didn't get icy. It was literally just hot, <laughs> like, all over my back. And my neck was hurting, so I put on my neck and my, yeah, like, it was not fun. Yeah, no, it doesn't, um, it does not feel good. Yeah, so I've had, like, a couple very awkward sleeps, and uh, I'm still very sore today. Fuck, dude. Well, that's, that's shitty. I, I used to curl in high school, so I, 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 I'm surprised to hear there's injuries involved with curling. Yeah, it's, um... <laughs> I didn't it kind of reminds me of snooker, you know? Let me tell you what. I didn't feel great about myself and about my <laughs> current health when, like, people were, like, you know, in their late 60s and they could curl no problem. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, did not just say I didn't have a positive body image after walking away from that curling tournament. My ego was bruised along with multiple parts of my body. Dude, I feel that. Yeah. I feel that. That yeah. sucks. That's yeah, it was a, a disappointing <laughs> <laughs> athletic showing from myself. 
Um, I, I, I honestly, it's been a few years since I've had an athletic showing. Uh, the last one was uh, before I got fat, so I, I don't think that it was as disappointing <laughs> as I, as I think, you know. Yeah, no, I was uh, incredibly disappointed, but we won our hockey game, so that was good. Nice. Did you yeah. get any goals? Uh, I didn't score. I had, I had a couple assists. Nice. But it was good. We Looking won eight one. We beat the commissioner's team. Nice. Um, Fuck you, Bettman. Yeah, and he sent us this fucking terrible text message after the game. Uh, yeah, he was very fired up. Uh, it was his team was very dirty. It was a very rough game, um, and uh, we we beat them bad. And he <laughs> sent us this fucking text message after the game. Being like, uh, just like a word of advice, if you don't want to face consequences from other teams, you shouldn't celebrate every goal like you won the Stanley Cup final. And like sent this long fucking like bitchy ass, like what a sore loser. Dude, what a pussy. Yeah, it what was, a pussy. It I'm was sorry. really funny. We all roasted him in our group chat. And, uh, Dude, what a fucking bitch. We can't wait to beat him again, basically. Yeah, no He's, kidding. Yeah. And now every goal is going to be celebrated like you won the Stanley yes, Cup. It's lower level evening, Friday, Saturday. Uh, men's beer league hockey, and some people take it very intensely. Dude, the funniest part about that is like, I, 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 I mean, shouldn't you be happy that you like you you got a goal? I don't know. Like I, yeah, I, I would be stoked at this age if I fucking scored a yeah. goal. I'd yeah. be like, holy shit, really? It's fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but he was a bit of a party pooper. That's a part of the fun of it. But anyways, that's all. You know. Also, nobody there is going professional, so yeah, definitely every goal not. is fucking exciting. <laughs> definitely every not. goal is a big goal. <laughs> definitely not. It was funny. My the game before this, Sarah took like a bunch of videos of me playing, and she was like, "Do you want to um, watch them?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> like absolutely, Dude, I do. I'm like absolutely not. We need to have a Misfits on Vinyl <laughs> my uh, highlight reel. <laughs> my mixtape. Yeah, an Aaron, yeah. Aaron Walsh highlight reel." <laughs> Yeah, no, it's like uh, <laughs> we'll fucking we'll fucking mix it up with some Survivor. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. It's like uh, makes myself cringe when I have to to watch that. Yeah, but anyways, we're we're four now. We're four now. We're doing well. That's what's going on in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mine is much less exciting. <laughs> I was gonna say, speaking of uh, um, unimpressive performances, uh, we gonna talk about this Ben Shapiro Tom McDonald oh, song. Man, it is <laughs> it is rough. Yeah, this is really funny. I did not have this. It's on exactly my... how I imagined he would rap, though. Yeah, but like for some reason he talks slower. He raps slower than he than he talks, which is like a, I think uh, an impressive feat. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I didn't have this on my 2024 bingo card. Ben Shapiro dropping. Uh, dropping a, a rap track and, and a this one at that yeah, uh, yeah. which uh, word of advice if you're gonna start rapping don't start with a diss track no it's not gonna go as well as you think no and just like the fact that he teamed up with tom mcdonald who literally tom mcdonald the only reason why he's popular is because he said stuff like i'm not i'm not ashamed to be white um <laughs> that's literally <laughs> like and he's like i'm not a neo-nazi i just cater to them um Pretty much, yeah. I feel like that would make you a neo-Nazi. Yeah, well, like, he's, like, you know, he's takes, like, very hard stances on things, but he doesn't want to, you know, align himself quite with the groups <laughs> he caters to. Um, 
He's like, you know, I, I'm not in the Ku Klux Klan. I just love shopping at Bed Bath & Beyond <laughs> wearing sheets. I'm just a ghost all the time. I just It's my main outfit. Um, Jesus you know? goddamn Christ. Yeah, it's pretty funny. So I wanted to read a couple lyrics off this. I want to read Ben Shapiro's verse specifically because it's, uh, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, anyway, so it's their typical Tom McDonald song. He's rapping about the woke and how he doesn't promote gun violence and He's not going to turn your daughter into into a hoe and your son into a thug. Um, it's basically the hook of the song. Uh, <laughs> I love I love that his whole idea of of uh, of of hip hop too is like a stereotype from thirty years ago. <laughs> like, yeah. So uh, Ben starts off with this great song. This great song with his verses. Look at the stats. I've got the facts. My my money like Lizzo. My money my, my money like Lizzo. My pockets are fat, which is actually <laughs> kind of a funny line. That is a pretty funny line. Homie, I won't lie. Homie, I'm epic. Don't be a wap. <laughs> <laughs> Dog, it's a yarmulke. Homie, no cap. <laughs> Look at the graphs. Look at my charts. You're blowing money on strippers and cars. You're going to prison? I'm on television. <laughs> no, you aren't. Dog. Ben no Shapiro, knows. you are not on television. Dog, no one knows who you are. Keep hating on me on the internet. My comment sections all woke Karens. And I make rack I make racks off a compound interest. <laughs> now live with your parents. <laughs> yeah, it's a very <laughs> Ben Shapiro line. The 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 rhyme scheme there too. Yeah, there was a I lot. don't know how to, the, the the fart the, the fart the start was very uh was easy to read, but the second part was a little bit more I think it's, you know, a testament to Ben's cadence and flow. Yeah. Um on that little section there. And 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 his uh breadth of uh, uh vernacular, you know. <laughs> Nikki take some notes. I just did this for fun. All my people download this. Let's get a billboard number one. Uh, where is it on the billboard charts? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but they're pushing it hard. They're pushing it hard. Yeah, they're really trying, man. They're really trying. I do find it funny uh, just because it's like it's it's one of those things where, yeah, like you said, it wouldn't have been on your bingo card. But it also like I for some reason would have thought that maybe Jordan Peterson would have done that before Ben Shapiro. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's even like I'll read a bit of Tom's verse because Tom is just like hitting like all the check marks of like a um All know, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they call me offensive, controversial. There's only two genders, boys and girls. They can't cancel my message because I'm the biggest independent rapper in the world. Freaking world. Claim that I'm racist. Yeah, all right. I'm not ashamed because I'm white. If every Caucasian's a bigot, I guess every Muslim's a terrorist. Every liberal is right. <laughs> That's his. Uh, that's his metaphor of choice. Fuck. I mean, uh, yeah, you used words. <laughs> so I don't know if any of them were in the right. I order. don't want to talk to folks who don't get it. Go woke, go broke. No hope. It's pathetic. Pro choice, pronouns, pro love. You're progressive. <laughs> <laughs> but if you ain't pro gun, no one to protect it. <laughs> <laughs> Where are the American flags at? Remember when people would hang those? They've been taken down. They've all been replaced with. BLM flags in the windows or make a rainbow. Okay, <laughs> I got to say, though, like, it, I find it funny. Like, sorry to, to cut no, in go again. Ahead, go ahead. But, like, whenever anybody is, like, overly patriotic, it's a little ridiculous. Well, Tom McDonald's Canadian. <laughs> oh, fuck off. That's even worse, dude. That's even worse. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, if you're, like, okay, as much as I hate people that are patriotic, if you're going to be patriotic, be patriotic about your own fucking country. Yeah. You know? This is what I, I love about, like, 
the music industry that there's like when it ties into politics there's no like um platform for like people to make like extremely like like left-wing anthems like i don't think there's a lot of like you know a lot of people who are making like these sort of songs on the other other side it's only the right side that make these sort of songs it's true and 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 it's also like a lot of them too like uh, dude did you ever listen to chris webby no i've never listened dude chris Chris webby Webby used to be like I, I used to dig his stuff, and then he I I think he went a little fucking anti-vax alt-righty. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he's just like he he had great rhymes. He was like he had this whole thing where he was releasing a new video on his channel every week, so he was writing a whole new song every week and dropping it, which that's impressive. And don't get me wrong, the dude had talent, but like there's nothing like that on the left. <laughs> you know, like there's yeah. Not, like, well, it's just weird that. You know, that's literally why they have an audience. Like, uh, you know, the the hook was lame. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to... The whole thing kind of sucked. Yeah. Like, it's it's literally checking every box and, like... It's it's no different than, like, hey, kids, don't do drugs. Have some hugs. That's the fun. That's where it's at. Wear your hat when it's sunny out. (laughs) Pretty much. Get straight A's in school because it's cool. Like, that's what... uh, Like, that was the equivalent, but, like... For people that are, you know, yeah. afraid of their kids being transgender. Yeah, do you remember when white rappers <laughs> wanted to be black? I, 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 <laughs> remember, remember that was a thing? <laughs> now they're like, no, dude, I'm super fucking white. And then every white person didn't want to listen to rap music. <laughs> now they want to listen to white-specific rap music. Only a certain audience. But, yeah, it's funny. It's a weird thing I didn't expect to happen this year. So I, Dude, that's a fucking wild one. Yeah, props to them for uh, <laughs> I hopped on YouTube and I was like, oh. I'm gonna send this to like every person I know. <laughs> Dude, that was a that was a great share. I would I probably would have found out about it, but I'm glad that you sent it to me and then showed me it because uh oof, that was that was uncomfortable. Yeah, and then they like Ben Shapiro like was like wearing his hood up and like trying not to Oh like, yeah. god. <laughs> Very funny. God, he's so punchable, man. <laughs> like, he definitely has one of those faces. He's someone like I for sure like listen, like I wasn't a bully in high school, but I would have bullied Ben Shapiro in high yeah, school. You know? Probably. I would have been like, fuck you, you idiot. <laughs> Throw him in a locker. One of the short lockers, too, because he would have fit in it. <laughs> but honestly, like, I know, he didn't, I, didn't, I know he didn't write that rap, but that's a yarmulke, homie, no cap. That's a funny That's a funny. That is line. a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the other thing I, I thought was, uh, uh, fuck, that, fuck, I just had something, and, I, and that's now it's okay. gone. That's okay. Um, Oh fuck! Well, I I mean I'll move on to this this thing because I think that it, it it's kind of funny the Taylor Swift AI porn. Yes, we were you mentioned uh, this to me. Yes. So uh, what happened was, uh, so as we all know, there was a whole fucking actor strike about AI. Yes. And, and people were like, hey, don't use it to fucking fill in for actors. And uh, the studios went, how about we just say you can opt out in your contract but if you don't agree to it then we just won't cast you right so basically nothing happened uh and now ai is going to take over the world that's why we're doing this podcast because uh this is going to be the only form of fucking entertainment i can create in 10 years well i'm thinking at some point too like we'll just subcontract out and we'll have ai (laughs) you know we can go live our lives uh, (laughs) we just we just collect that fat paycheck (laughs) from from ai ai misfits on vinyl yeah yeah i mean if if tom mcdonald and (laughs) shapiro can get like multiple millions of views on their rap song i feel like there's a opportunity for anybody that's true yeah. um no but so taylor swift uh the, the whole ai thing that happened with her recently was uh 
someone went on to like an AI generator. Like it, it, they didn't create the 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 AI app themselves, mm. but they input like Taylor Swift uh, having sex at a Chiefs game, and they input a lot of other stuff. And dude, like you can obviously tell it's fake. Like yeah. that's the one thing I'll say right away. Like uh, Taylor Swift was not in a Chiefs stadium painted red with white fuck me painted on her chest it's pretty obviously fake she's not sucking someone's dick in the stadium uh she's not fucking mr krabs <laughs> she's not fucking oscar the grouch uh, like you know like there was there was some like really funny ones like oscar the grouch and mr krabs yeah. where like mr krabs <laughs> is fucking your doggy style and like it's from the front and dude <laughs> like so she looks hyper realistic he looks like mr krabs that's so terrible dude it's terrible but like here's the where it's kind of funny uh, Swifties are fucking crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they found out who the dude was who fucking, like, input the stuff into the yeah. AI and doxed him. I heard he got doxed, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, and then, uh, now Taylor Swift's gonna sue him, which nice. is fucking insane, because you should sue the people that created the fucking AI yeah. app to begin with. Like, if they want to stop AI, that's what you do. You sue those people into fucking nothing. You sue some dude that was bored on a Tuesday who was like, I want to see Taylor Swift get fucked by, I don't know, uh, the Kung Fu Panda. Like, yeah. that's not... That's Skadoosh. not... The, yeah, sk- <laughs> <laughs> Like that. All that's going to do is, like, we, we know the internet, dude. Like, all that's going to do is cause yeah. more people to start making it so that it's impossible for her to sue everyone. Yeah, that's terrible, though. It, it is terrible. I feel bad. Like, I don't know, like... Uh, just like I, I would hate to be famous now. Like, first, like everybody got their phones hacked, and now they don't even need to hack your phones. Yeah, no. they can just create shit. They dude. can just create shit. They can just yeah. create shit. Yeah, luckily uh, neither of us are famous or you know fuckable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was about to say. I mean, like, yeah, like, I, okay, but here's the here's the last part of it that I thought was insane. Uh, because of that, now Congress in the U.S. is taking AI seriously, literally because of the Taylor Swift thing. And I'm like, fuck you, there was a whole goddamn actor strike that affected another country. You yeah, pieces of shit. Yeah, that's I, I don't give right. a fuck that, like, and honestly, there's been that shit for years. There's been deep fake stuff for years. Yes. Specifically with Taylor Swift. If you, if you go on Pornhub, you can type in Taylor Swift porn, it will come up. Yeah. Um. So I don't know why this is now. The I just thing. see the Joe Rogan like fake adverts for supplements. That's the Dude, two fakes I see. All those the time. ones are pretty funny too. Well, it's clearly not <laughs> Joe Rogan. No. No. Or the one with him and Ben Shapiro, where it's yeah. like, I went to the beach that made me old, and Ben Shapiro's like, "What? The yeah, beach can't make you old." And he's like, "I don't know, dude. I w- I wasn't old. I went to the beach. Now I'm old." Mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, yeah, it's been an interesting week of news. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Um, shout out football. Yeah, dude. <laughs> shout out America. Shout out, shout out the Chiefs. Yeah. Fucking shout out Travis Kelsey. Shout out that one line punch out on the ball. That was insane. <laughs> what happened? We saw that they forced a fumble on the one yard line. What? Yeah, the Ravens buddy was about to dive in, and uh, I think it was Flowers and Schneed punched the ball out, and they got the ball back and uh, stopped the touchdown. Well, football, football. Anyways, anywho. America. <laughs> I uh, I prefer the CFL. You're a loser. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, dude, I just really like the it as a game. The CFL sucks. I think it's just a, it, you know what? It's, it makes for a more interesting game with a yeah. longer field, a bigger ball, and uh, less downs. Yeah. It's a, 
much more interesting game. Definitely. <laughs> it's like, you know, no, I don't like Netflix. I like Tubi. <laughs> I strictly use Tubi <laughs> for all my, like, straight to DVD. Like, the, the collection is 90% straight to DVD movies yet. Uh, although There's, like, three good movies on it. They, they do got some banger classic TV shows. Yes. They got Elf. Yeah, and they got, uh, what is the other one? Plex has got all of Top Gear on it. Uh, uh, it's got, uh, 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 like, Hell's Kitchen. Yep. That's on Tubi. Kitchen uh, Nightmares. Uh, kitchen Nightmare. Yep. Um, there's uh, uh, fucking Bonanza. Yep. That's on, that's the on only TV. thing I don't like about TV, they show the same Crest White Strip commercial, like, fucking every time. Yeah, but mm. I do like that it's... Uh, here's the thing. At least I'm not paying to fucking see an advertisement. It's like, true. goddamn Crave and Amazon. Yeah. Bastards. Yeah, that's true. Netflix is like, we're going to start playing ads, too. I'm like... Why are we doing this anymore at all? <laughs> Speaking of Amazon, I, I, have you seen Saltburn yet? No, I have okay, not. Okay, we won't talk about it yet. You need to, you need to watch it. I, 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 it's on my watch list, man. You should just watch it so we can talk about it. <laughs> it it's going to pass its moment by the time you watch it. Uh, yeah, that happens with most movies that yeah. I watch, if I'm being honest with you. But yeah, anyways. I did watch The Iron Claw. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a great movie. I like that movie It was a, a fantastic too. movie. Zac Efron kind of got snubbed. I a hundred percent. I think it was a little late though in the season to garner to the degree, traction. But, yeah, but like fuck me, like there was some. I mean, like okay, there was some things that really didn't make sense. Okay, I don't know how you can nominate a movie for best picture, but not a director for best director. Like yeah, I do, I do think that Greta Gerwig got fucked on that. Greta one. Gerwig got snubbed, and then I think Margot Robbie got snubbed too. I think so too, because like here's the thing, like everyone going like it's not that uh, difficult of a role. That is a pretty fucking difficult role to, like, do that believably in an absurd, heightened fucking way. Well, if it's going to get all of the other nominations, it's kind of not, you know. And also, like, you know, obviously, like, everyone's already made this joke, but it's like for a movie that is about, you know, the patriarchy... And how it's bad, and then they nominate the fucking one dude yeah, <laughs> yeah, for best no. actor. Like, <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? And then America Ferreira gets nominated. I was like, that she wasn't even the best part of that movie. No. Like, there wasn't really anything in that movie that made me go, she stands out. No. <laughs> you know? No, but I mean, Oppenheimer's going to sweep pretty yeah. much like they've done everywhere else. But It's it's probably going to fucking absolutely sweep. I mean, I, I would. I think deservedly. I think that uh, Lily Gladstone should win uh, best actress though yeah. uh, i mean like she was phenomenal in that i saw a thing of her uh, when she was in high school she got nominated for most likely to win an oscar yeah that's cool that is cool because i think that's the first time that that's ever happened for someone and then they actually got nominated for <laughs> yeah. an oscar <laughs> my grade seven yearbook i got nominated as the funniest student in grade seven nice i, I won it actually uh, uh my school was too small for that sort of stuff in the yeah. yearbook <laughs> it's like, yeah, he had a couple options. Yeah. Um, there wasn't anything like that. It was just like, here's the football team. Yeah. And it wasn't even our football team. We no. just we had to go play in another town. I was going to say. So we had fucking you didn't have enough for 20 a, kids. For an offense or a defense. Yeah, dude. We didn't even have enough for six man. No. Which is pathetic. Damn. Like, we could have played six man. We didn't. No. Didn't have enough. We had to go play nine man in another town. Damn. It was rough. But we made the playoffs. We were the first team to do that. Yeah. Years for that school, but if any of you kids, which was a hundred percent all me and my benchwarming abilities. Yeah. Well, I, uh, one thing I have to say, uh, when I was in grade twelve, uh, there was a uh, we had a, a like a, a teacher that was on his like practicum come yes. in, 
and uh, I was talking to him, and he was like a football fan, and I, I, he asked what our, all of our numbers were, and I said 85, and he was like, what's your position? I was like, defensive end. He was like, 85, that's usually like a wide receiver yeah. number. And then uh, the kid that bullied me piped up and went, yeah, well, it's actually a bench warmer number. <laughs> nice. That hurt. Yeah, that probably it was very cut, funny. That probably cut deep. Cut deep. Yeah. Mainly because it was true. Yeah. Ouch. But I mean, I I share the same football accolades that he does. So there you go. <laughs> Jokes on him. I had to do less. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, if any of you kids out there are wondering what funniest student gets you, uh, you're looking at it. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Get to, Get to co-host a podcast with a, uh, a failing artist. <laughs> <laughs> As you can tell, we've had a rough couple of weeks. It's been a great couple of weeks. I definitely don't want to play Heart Attack with a ceiling in my shotgun. <laughs> Anyways, we got a good album to talk about today. This is exciting. We do. Uh, this is my pick. I really like this album. I dig it. Yeah, I thought you would. It's kind of got uh, very clearly inspired by like 80s synth pop and 80s pop music pretty much all the way through. Oh, yeah. Um, but we're, as you can tell by the title, um, well, I'll do your thing because I'm, I'm hosting every week on Misfits on Vinyl. We you got to do it with a little more gumption. Okay, re- redo it, redo it. Every week on Misfits on no, Vinyl. No, a little more gumption, a little more. Every week on Misfits on there Vinyl, we, we pick an album and we review it on a set of scores. We talk about the artist, the album, how they are, how the album came together, and all that fun stuff. This week, uh, as you can see by the title, we're doing This Is Happening by <laughs> LCD Sound System. Uh, like I said before, this is my pick. I like this album. Uh, I like this band um, quite a bit. Yeah, I've been listening to this band probably since maybe like 2015. So a little after their heyday. Uh, but you know, I think that was about the same time around the same time that I discovered, uh, dance yourself clean. Yes. Which is what brought me onto them, which is probably the, one of their biggest songs and probably the, one of the best songs on this album specifically. Wouldn't that maybe be their biggest? I would say so. Daft Punk, uh, playing at my house is also very popular. Oh, yep. Um, and, uh, what's the other one they had? One of those first hits it's in here as well. Losing My Edge. Ah, yes. That was also very popular from them. All My Friends is another one. Um, but they're weird band. They're American band, but they're one of those bands that I tend to have a theme. They're very popular in the UK. <laughs> uh, it seems like uh, maybe I was born in the wrong place. I thought they were Swedish. Yeah. No, so they're I'm learning. Uh, but This Is Happening is the third studio album from American rock band, LCD Sound System. Damn. Uh, it was released Mar- May 17th, 2010, uh, through DFA and Virgin Records in the United States, and Parlophone Elsewhere. Uh, it was actually released the following day in the U.S., so May 18th, but 17th in the U.K., just a little. You know. Why did they do that? I have no idea. Uh, but I feel like we should know that as, as the number one music history <laughs> yeah. podcast in Chile. We don't know that much. That's part of our charm. Part of our charm. Um, we D- learn with you. Yeah, DFA is co-founded by the band's lead singer and main creative force, uh, James Murphy. Ooh. Um, the album's been described as art pop dance punk an electronica album um it's super experimental for the style of music like a lot of the songs <laughs> are like longer than seven minutes oh yeah yeah very long tracks they do a lot of funky stuff on them um <laughs> i like this quote from murphy murphy seems to be kind of like a pretty funny guy but he said prior to the release of the album murphy promised that it'll be definitely better than the other two <laughs> talking about the album that was his selling feature uh, i like that i thought that was funny i think that's a pretty pretty solid way to promote your work he also stated that it was probably going to be the last lcd sound system album uh 
Spoiler alert, it wasn't. <laughs> it should have been, uh, but it wasn't. We uh, fucked it up. It was recorded in 2009, early 2010 at the Mansion uh, Studio in Los Angeles. The Mansion Studio is owned by Rick Rubin, Ooh. and it's literally a mansion. Really? <laughs> uh, yep, yep, it's literally an old mansion. Apparently, Harry Houdini lived at it, but that's debated. Um, I don't know how that's debated. They could literally check the property records. But, yeah, that um, wouldn't seem like a very easy thing to find yes, out. Yes, but apparently that's uh, debated. Also pretty sure that Los Angeles keeps pretty good track of their city records. Yes. So that would be... <laughs> yeah, so anyways, that's a, uh, you know, a whole other thing. Like, uh, them in New York seem to be the two that, you know, their whole selling point is our city's history. Yes. So, <laughs> yes. so they, you would think that they would have that. Yeah. Um, the band comprises of Murphy, who's vocal, and he plays, like, various in- instruments. He's also the sole producer on this album. Um, so he's kind of the, like I said, the main creative force. Uh, Nancy Wang is on it. She plays synthesizer, keyboards. She does some background vocals. Nice. Uh, Pat Mahoney's on the drums. Tyler Pope plays bass, guitar, synthesizer. Al Doyle, guitar, Pat synthesizer. Pat Mahoney? Like he, before football? He yeah, Mahoney, not Mahomies. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Al Doyle was on guitar, <laughs> synthesizer, percussion. And then, like I said, it's produced solely by James Murphy. Um, first single on the album was Drunk Girls, and it was released April 2010. And uh, the music video was directed by Spike Jones. Ooh. Yep. Academy Award winner. Yep. There you go. And co-creator of Jackass. Yep. And he's he's kind of cool because he was a uh, – I like his story. Yeah, dude. Pro BMXer. <laughs> yep. Turned – Music video music director. Music video and skateboard video director. Yeah, and then turned, uh, you know, Legit big movie director. director. Yep. Yeah. And he makes interesting movies. And, yeah. Uh, it's also funny because – He like, did Her, right? That's yeah. Him, yeah. Which you would not expect, like, if you had said when Jackass premiered, like, hey, what are the three guys that created this? Like, he, he did her. Yeah. He, he won an Oscar. And then people would be like, no way. And then you're like, see Steve-O puking up a goldfish? <laughs> yeah, later that's going to be Joaquin Phoenix having sex with a computer. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> uh, so I got some background on the artist. Uh, I talk a little bit about murphy in this and then i talk about the band because mostly this is about james murphy he like i said he's kind of the main creative force behind this band and he's kind of the the band mostly um but why wouldn't he name it something to do with uh i don't know his his initial i don't know but i have uh i have a little bit about why they named it what it was but really you're gonna find some interesting facts about him so there's not a whole lot about like his upbringing but he was born in 1970 and grew up in princeton junction Ooh. new jersey um he graduated from west windsor plainsboro <laughs> high school <laughs> sorry i don't know why that made me laugh in 1988 <laughs> uh he attended then he went and attended uh nyu he was an english major um but like us he dropped out nice good for um, him this is interesting you'll get a kick out of this at 22 Murphy was offered a job uh, writing uh, for Seinfeld. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, but he passed it up, deciding that uh, he wanted to pursue music, and he didn't believe the show was going to be that successful. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Holy shit, that would, uh, what the hell? Dude, well, I, I hate hearing people pass on imagine, massive things. Imagine, like, he didn't become successful in this band, and he just, <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> he like banked it on the uh, the wrong thing, and it almost looked that way. So like throughout his twenties, um, he was chasing music with like no real success. He was a member of a band called Falling Man from eighty eight to eighty nine, Pony from ninety two to ninety four, and Speed King from ninety five to ninety seven. Uh, this dude, I didn't realize he was this fucking old. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. 
so this video, uh, this this bit comes from um, a middle eight video I was watching on YouTube. Kind of describe kind of what I put in my own words, but kind of describe what he was going through at the time. He was feeling like a f failure. He was quickly uh, approaching thirty, and he was lacking confidence as himself in himself as a musician. He also said that he like doesn't have a good voice and he doesn't look like a leading man so he was like you know kind of going through what <laughs> we're going through <laughs> um, and he felt like his life needed like a hard reset he needed to figure out what the fuck he was going to do with himself whether that's continue doing music or try something different but he was uh, very much so in a rut um so he went and like you know he was very ahead of his time he went and spoke to a therapist and uh, <laughs> and he decided to you know give music one last Good shot. Yeah, dude, um, what year was this? This was like in the late 90s. So, yeah, this is before The Sopranos, so yeah. therapy wasn't cool yet. No, it wasn't cool yet. And this, So he was like born in 70, so he was approaching his 30. This video didn't exactly say what uh, exact timeline. They said he was approaching his 30s. I would have loved if she went to see Lorraine Bracco. Yeah, imagine he was like, you could write on The Sopranos. Like, nah, I don't think the show's going to go anywhere <laughs> either. <laughs> um so he decided to like i said give music a good shot and started producing uh full time for local bands around new york um there was a couple listed i didn't know who they were so i didn't put them down uh, but around this time he met tim's gold tim goldsworthy uh goldsworthy's from the uk um and him and murphy started djing together nice on the lower east side of new york um doing diverse genres of music they started hosting like big parties um and he kind of started to uh you know figure out his sound um later on him and goldsworthy in 2001 with this guy jonathan galkin uh founded dfa records dfa yeah death from above Ooh. and they got inspiration from that from apocalypse now one of the helicopters uh, yeah um and they also sued a band called, called death, death from, from above yeah so they had, to change, them, they had to change uh. their name to death from above 1979 so, so did they 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 came up with it before? Beforehand. Yeah. Oh, okay. Beforehand. So the, the time that James spent DJing and producing uh, allowed him to cultivate his own sound. Uh, in That's also really funny that they just added 1979. Yeah, pretty much. And, and arguably, like, Death from Above 1979, more people would know. Well, yeah. Do you know why they picked 1979? Because that was the year he was born? No, it's the year Apocalypse Now came out. <laughs> oh, dude, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> pretty sure. That's just going really off funny. the top of my head. I'm pretty sure that's the year Apocalypse Now came out. <laughs> Wait, are you just making up a fact? Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a fact. I'm going to look it up right now. Dude, uh, you know what I love about that is like... Watch me be right. Dude, I, I would be I would be very impressed, but also not, not surprised. Because it would be either 78 or 79 that it came out. 1979. Wow, okay, so, so you were um, right. It's a safe assumption, that's why safe they named assumption. it that. Safe assumption, all right. Um, well, you know what happens when you make an assumption? Half the time you're right. It's true. So uh, <laughs> if you're listening out there, I confirm or not. Um, <laughs> anyways, Murphy started finding his, you know, his own sound, his own influences. Um, in this Rolling Stone interview, he cited uh, the B-52s, The Fall, Yes, David Bowie, and Can. He also named uh, like the film festival. No, just Can C A N. Like, like a like a pop soup can. can. Yeah. Pop can. Yeah. Paint can. Yeah. Can of chew. Yes. Canned oysters. Can of worms. Can of worms. Yep. Can of cream soup. Can you not do this anymore? <laughs> canned peaches. Yeah. yeah. Canned asparagus. Yes. I have some canned asparagus. Gross. It's expired. Can of cream corn. 
They also have that. It's yeah. also expired. Nice. Would you rob a food bank? <laughs> no, it's during the pandemic. Uh, uh, I I was one of the people that uh, like spazzed out early on, yeah. and like the day that everything shut down, I I ran to the grocery store and tried to get everything that I could, but there was not much left. So I got like the last of fucking everything, dude. Like I, there was the pasta aisle was completely wet, like swept clean, except for fucking wagon wheel pastas. <laughs> and like giant O's <laughs> so uh, yeah I have a lot of stuff in my cupboard that I have not used uh, nice. I don't know how to use it and some of it I can't use now nice um, where was I before you interrupted can. me with your can ah yes the band can um, he also named what can it do uh, orchestral moves in the dark and Bronski beat and the smiths as his childhood favorites ooh I get some of that in there. I get a lot of the talking heads as well. Um, a lot of people compare this band to their sound to the talking heads. Fun fact about the Smiths. I, I don't know if I've brought this up on the podcast yet or not. This is a, 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 a weird, weird little story that I heard. But apparently in the 80s, in the Zayt house here in Calgary, mm. uh, the Smiths, before they were famous, came and played the basement. That's cool. Yeah. Which that's I cool. think is pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that's very cool. I've had sex in that basement. I've had Don't sex lie. where the Smiths played. Don't lie. I'm not lying. Don't lie. It, I'm not saying it was good. I never. I, I assumed that. It's another assumption I, <laughs> <laughs> I made. <laughs> uh, by the sounds, but I was right on that, too. Yeah, no, uh, I, 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 I gave all half inch of my wiener. <laughs> there you go. I'm proud of you. <laughs> uh, so Murphy found got it. Got a millimeter <laughs> Peter. <laughs> He found it LCD. I got a needle system. dick, but I fuck like a sewing machine. Let me read. He uh, found an LCD sound system in 02, uh, New York City, Borough, Brooklyn. Uh, the LCD part of the band uh, stands for Liquid Christmas Display. Wow. <laughs> I would not have got that. And it's a play on Liquid Crystal Display. <laughs> <laughs> and it originated from an earlier, the earliest iteration of the band during a live performance at a Brooklyn Christmas party. Uh, where Murphy and Pat Mahoney were covering Liquid Liquid. <laughs> so, uh, very creative on the name. What type of liquid were they covering? Uh, liquid Liquid. <laughs> like, were they covered in it? I don't know. They were covering songs <laughs> by Liquid Liquid. Um, so they did not have liquid on them? <laughs> Possibly. I can't <laughs> confirm whether or not they did or not. They were probably sweating. They were performing. It's true. Yeah. I sweat. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> <laughs> some people don't, dude. Some people are born without sweat glands. It's true, but yeah, it's a kind Those of. Those people a are called dogs. <laughs> I gotta say, it's kind of a st- <laughs> like LCD sound system sounds cool, but like liquid Christmas displays is so stupid. It's so dumb. Yeah, no, it's like one of those ones you probably you know they could have come up with a better, you know, origin story. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like NWA. Yeah. Neighbors with attitude. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> 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 um, so they began uh, releasing a string of singles with DFA. Uh, the first one we mentioned earlier. DFA is D-E-F. <laughs> <laughs> was, was Losing My Edge, uh, which peaked at 115 in the UK, um, described as an eight-minute laugh-out-loud funny dissection of a cool over uh, – dissection of a cool – over a dirty electronic beat. I don't know what that means. A cool over? Yeah. Cool over. Yeah, over a dirty electronic like a beat. a coolant? 
It became a underground dance favorite. Ooh. It's kind of um, he does the talking thing. Um, this is the one that often people think is Talking Heads. Um, literally one of the top comments on the music video is, I spent years Googling losing my edge by the Talking Heads. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's one of those songs. He kind of does the talking thing. And it's literally talking about how he was feeling at the time. Um, and it became an underground hit in Brooklyn? No, in the UK. Oh, okay. Yeah, it became an underground dance hit. Doesn't specifically say where. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was a hit with the Jews. <laughs> <laughs> Losing my edge. Losing my edge. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a very popular song for them at the time. Like I said, it's a talky sort of talking about time moving past them. And how he's losing his edge to all these different other artists. How he can't uh, really compete with what they're doing. Because uh, he's getting old. Um, and that's how he felt. Uh, but then he made this band and he became cool again. Man, yeah. I, when you said that he's getting old, I just thought of Fleetwood Mac's Landslide. Yeah. This is, this is not like that. <laughs> this is a whole different song. This felt um, bad for him. And he followed that single up with Give It Up in the following year, Yeah, and Movement. The latter two peaked at number 77 and number 52 in the UK. Oh, shit. Um, and then they released their self-titled debut album in January 2005 with uh, massive critical acclaim. I um, was 10 years old. Yeah. 2005. That's great. <laughs> I remember listening to Sirius XM Hits 1 with my dad mm. driving a... Uh, Around the West Coast. Nice. Going to uh, my great-grandma's uh, 90th birthday party. Well, you know what they were listening to in the UK at this time? LCD Sound System. Uh, Daft Punk is playing at my house. was their first top 40 hit. Oh. Uh, peaking at number 29. Unwritten. Uh, it was <laughs> Natasha Bedingfield. <laughs> it's apparently their most commercially successful single. Is that uh, Natasha Bedingfield? Yeah, uh, yes. Unwritten it is? Yeah, I okay. so. Um, and it charted in Australia, Belgium, and the Netherlands. Uh, following this album, they toured with M.I.A. Ooh! Yep. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so. M.I.A., who famously uh, uh, sampled Straight to Hell by The Clash. Yes. And made their song, Paper Planes, very popular. Yes. Uh, um, I was going to say, too, you mentioned Natasha Bedingfield. I saw a video for the other day. Um, she was walking through, like, a garden, and uh, that song was playing and then the comments were all like you don't know how much you've done for the hood the hood thanks you so much <laughs> you don't know how much how, bl how much black people love you like it's so funny <laughs> oh dude that's so funny you know what i think would be really oh why is she licking your hat <laughs> uh i i uh, you know it'd be really funny if if we had just never mentioned that i had a cat yeah and just pretended that I didn't have one. And didn't whenever, exist. If anybody commented, like, oh, cute cat, we just go, what cat? Yeah, what cat are you talking about? What, what cat is that? But uh, this we just gaslit our audience. <laughs> <laughs> this album, like, sent them into the very, I wouldn't say the stratosphere, but they got very popular. Not only popular fan-wise, but they've become, like, critical darlings, which they kind of are pretty much most of their career. One of those bands where I can't say they, they're, like you know, a big arena actor, even though they have played big arenas, but they're more of a, the critics love them, people that are into music really love them, you know, your pretentious friend. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they uh, received two nominations at the Grammy Awards for this album, Ooh. their first, their debut album. So best electronic and dance album, and best dance recording for Daft Punk is playing at my house. Nice. I don't think they won though. It didn't say anything about that, but they got some nominations. Got some noms. Now this next part, I think you get, you'd get a kick out of this. Uh, in 2006, they released a composition entitled 4533. Um, it's a part of a, a Nike uh, ad run for original run series. It was made available to download on iTunes. Depi- despite its name, <coughs> the track is sorry. The track is actually forty-five minutes and fifty-eight seconds long. Oh, dude! And what? it's a reference to the vital speed forty-five and thirty-three. 30, yeah, yeah. I, I got that, but I was like, "What the? F- uh, that's funny." So it's a forty-five-minute song, and people like theorized that it was like meant to like perfectly pace like a run, and uh, they asked. James Murphy about it. He was like, just wanted to make a long song. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what he said. I just wanted to make a long song. Uh, so this next album, which people argue is their best album, uh, was released in uh, March 20th, 2007. It's called Sound of Silver, and it was massive critical acclaim. Uh, praises included Mix Mag awarding it the title of the album of the month, a 9.2 score, 9.2 score on Pitchfork, a five-star review from The Guardian, Ooh. Um, they went on tour with Arcade Fire that same year, Ooh. Um, promoting this album, and it received Grammy nomination again for uh, Best Electronic and Dance Album, and the album was named the Best Album of 2007 by The Guardian, Uncut, and Drowned in Sound. Damn. Um, so this one is also very, very popular uh, among the people. Um, that, the people. That like this band. Uh, hey, the people, they love it. And then Murphy tried started branching out a bit. He got into film scoring. Uh, oh, he did a Noah Baumbach film, Greenberg. Oh, yep, um, I've seen that. That's the only one I wrote down, but I'm pretty sure he's done more. Okay, uh, but that's yeah. He started branching out a little bit away from the band, which starts planting the seeds that the band's going to break up. Uh, which they did after <laughs> this is happening, um, which was released, like I said, in May of 2010. Um, this they followed up this with a massive show in 2011 in February. Uh, they did five shows leading up to this show, but they sold out Madison Square Garden uh, on April 2nd as their final show as the band disbanded. Um, it's a really it's on YouTube. It's fucking an awesome concert. Damn. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, they had special guests, Arcade Fire, Reggie Watts. There was a couple other people there. Um, but yeah, it was a massive. Uh, um, massive concert for them. They ended off their show. Dude, Reggie Watts is a is a is an oddity, and like I love him as a as an artist. He just kind of shows up places. Yeah, Man. dude, and and like he 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 somehow is like known, like obviously because he he does both, but like he's somehow like known in both comedy and music, mm. like respected by all of his yeah. peers. You know, like it's it's not like. It's not like there's any comedians or musicians that are like, oh, fuck that guy. No. He somehow, like, has has balanced it perfectly where everyone's like, love that guy. Yeah, I just like that he shows up every once in a while and uh, a weird thing like this at their final yeah. show. Um, yeah. Or he's the house band for James Corden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I don't want to talk about James Corden. <laughs> that guy's a twat. Uh, I believe Ricky Gervais said he was a fat pussy. <laughs> yes. And he's also in Cats. <laughs> <laughs> this year we got to see James Corden as a fat pussy. 
<laughs> also in Cats. Very good line. Very good Fucking joke. great line. Awesome joke. So, yeah, they played Madison Square Garden, like I said. They closed off their show uh, with New York. Honestly, that's another thing. Taylor Swift was in the <laughs> Cats <laughs> movie, let, dude. Let me like, fucking can read. Can I just Can, can you I just let me read? That's why I hate reading. You're the <laughs> fucking worst. <laughs> Literally the worst. <laughs> like, trying to power through this and you just fucking... <laughs> Taylor Swift was awesome in Cats. Yeah, so was like 50 other fucking celebrities. What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> no, I just think like, if, if you're gonna sue someone for, you know, altering your image... I would have sued the people that made cats for. Idris <laughs> Elba was in Cats, and Idris Elba was in The Wire, and The Wire was on HBO. Sopranos was on HBO. Uh, <laughs> Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld had an HBO special. Uh, you know who could have been on Seinfeld? James Murphy. I like that you brought it back. <laughs> yeah, because that's what I've been trying to do this entire fucking episode so let me read this paragraph you've interrupted me four fucking times on the final song they performed was i new york i love you but you're bringing me down the show lasted four hours i will say new york i love you but you're bringing me down might be my favorite of their songs it's a good song it's a good song it's a good song Uh, Um, i'm sorry for interrupting so much it's okay i still love you (laughs) <laughs> thinking about it though. <laughs> since then, the band has reunited. Has reunited since they broke up. Uh, they've toured a bunch. They've made uh, new music consistently since like 2015, 2016. Damn. Uh, yep. So they're uh, out and about now. They did a bunch of headlining tours in like 2017, 18. All the big ones, Glastonbury and other big ones. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what they've done. Uh, Leeds. Yeah. Would you say? Leeds? Maybe. I don't know. The Reading Festival? Possibly. I don't know. I don't have it written down. It's safe to assume they did some big ones. Manchester? Possibly. Shambhala? I, I don't think so. <laughs> Not the one here. The one in the UK. Maybe. There's a big one in the UK. Is there? Yeah. Nice. Uh, one of my friends posted about it, and I was like, he's in Canada? And then I found out that there's a Shambhala in the UK. Mm. Mm. I was very surprised. Let's talk about some noticeable tracks. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Dad Yourself Clean. Uh, very popular song. That The the change in that one is pretty great. The little beat drop. And yeah. That's a cool little cool little thing they do in that song. I like it. Yeah. I Can Change. That's also probably one of their more popular songs. Yeah. I f- feel like I've heard that one, or whether that's on like a some sort of commercial or TV show. I don't know. Um, I've heard it <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Drunk Girls was a single. Pow Pow. Um, Home. I really like that song. Home. This is really stupid, but okay. I I Pow Pow just made me think of it when I was in like grade eight. It, did you have to do the spelling bees that would like qualify you for potentially like for provincials or nationals or whatever okay it was mandatory in our fucking school and i hated it but i was also like the one year i was like you know what i'm gonna actually try really hard yeah so i i i I did and the 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 word they gave me was powwow and i very confidently said p-o-w-p-o-w <laughs> and and they said you're wrong, and I <laughs> argued with them. <laughs> you were having a knob flashback. You're like, I was a POW. It was a POW, <laughs> dude. It was so bad. I fucking argued with them. <laughs> you were wrong. That was wrong. 
Um, then when I saw it written out, I went, I'm fucking stupid. Yeah, but, you know, they already knew that. Yeah, <laughs> everyone already knew that, dude. <laughs> yeah. um, let's get into the ratings of this thing, because this thing's got a lot of uh, really high scores. Not one of those ones where we get mixed reviews, so I got a bunch from here. Any Decent Music gave it a 7.7 7 out of 10. Nice. Metacritic, uh, these are the aggregate scores. Metacritic was an 84 out of 100. All Music, 4 out of 5 stars. The AV Club, an A. Entertainment Weekly, an A. Guardian, 4 to 5. Uh, Los Angeles Times, 3 out of 4. Nice. Uh, I hate the way they all do different shit. Um, and yeah, there should be a, an, an average system. The MSN Music Consumer Guide <laughs> <laughs> gave it an A-. minus. NME gave it an 8 out of 10. Pitchfork, a 9.2 out of 10. Rolling Stone gave it a 4 out of 5 stars. Spin gave it an 8 out of 10. Um... So the Metacritic was based on 38 reviews, so an 84 out of 100 on 38 reviews. Damn. Um, the Guardian reviewer Alex Petridis uh, observed that the album did not contain the contain Sound of Silver's startling sense of mapping out new territories, instead sticking to a template that works incredibly well. In his review on All Music, Tim Sendra had a similar opinion, stating, This is happening. doesn't quite reach the monumental heights of the band's previous album. It still provides proof that LCD Sound System was one of the most exciting and interesting bands around the 2000s. This Damn. Is, this is a retrospective uh, by the sounds of it. Sandra also commented that Murphy's expansion as a lyricist and songwriter said th- and said that his production on the album reveals himself at the top of his game. Uh, I think the lyrics here, <laughs> they're they're okay. Yeah, like, I wouldn't say that I listen to this album for the lyrics. No, I like the um, Dance Yourself Clean. Um, <laughs> talking like a jerk, except you are an actual jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes friends are mean. It's very innocent for somebody that's, like, in their 40s. To be writing like that. Um, yeah, I honestly, I assume that he was in his like early twenties. Yeah, I really, I, I, I had no idea until now. It's very earnest, which Jody Rosen commented on from the Rolling Stone. She said it contains some of Murphy's most earnest, love-torn songs. Ooh. Uh, Pitchfork's Ryan Dumble awarded the album the best new music accolade, describing it as pretty perfect. Um, just pretty high reviews uh, by most of them. Uh, this is happening was named the second best album in 2010 by Pitchfork. Wow! Uh, this album was also number ten on the Rolling Stones list of 30 best albums of 2010. Damn! And it went silver in the UK. Holy shit! There you go. Uh, that's pretty much all I got. It was kind of hard to find information on this album that was like centralized in one place. Um, had to kind of do a little taking and putting and writing things in my own words and uh, not copying pasting. Um, <laughs> like I usually do. Yeah, it it turns out that it actually. I mean, like I thought that you did a great job. Thank I, you. I, I I really enjoyed uh your your research for this episode. But yeah, I like this album a lot. I will say I can't say it's like it wouldn't be in my favorites of all time. No, in a list of like top thirty or top fifty. I do find myself listening to a lot of the singles off this album. They're still in rotation for me. Dance Yourself Clean comes on like uh, usually when I'm biking. Yes. And 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 that's a great biking track. Yeah. Like that's a great track for like any sort of uh like uh, uh solo sport that you can just 
put some headphones in and fucking do it. Yeah, but like I I seen a couple different things about this I didn't put in, but he was kind of at this time New York had a bunch of bands coming out of it, the Yeah Yeah Yeahs, the Strokes, like that sort of style of garage rock music, and he James Murphy talked about he viewed it as the same sort of New York rock revolution that came out in the seventies with the Ramones, the Velvet Underground, mm-hmm. um, all those sort of bands coming out of New York. Um, so he wanted to be a part of it in a certain sense, but he was doing something completely different. I don't think he falls in that garage rock sort of, um, you know, same sort of category as his other bands are. Uh, I think he was doing something a little different. I think it's uh, strange that his music is so, like, literally could be you could some of the the not so much the the way he sings, but the the sounds itself are just like straight out of the eighties. Oh yeah, like the way the old the style of synthesizer he uses, the the total you know composition of the songs are very eighties. Yeah, like it sounds like it sounds like mid eighties, uh, new wave, you yes. know, alt sort of shit. Um, so I, I don't think he was reinventing the wheel, but I think he was doing it at a time where this wasn't the style of music that was, uh, you know, everything was really guitar heavy, um, you know, more punk inspired than it was synth wave and um pop inspired from that time yeah yeah um, but anyways let's uh, review this thing yeah let's 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 give it a rating uh so we review every week we review the album on uh, a bunch of different elements uh these elements are technical musical lyrics reception album art and uh, does it hold up we give it a score out of 10 yeah um we kind of just give it as a listener's perspective we are not musically talented or um talented in general so yeah. uh this album Let's, uh, let's talk about let's yeah, talk about the uh, technical element. Technically, I mean, like, it, uh, I mean, okay. What I think is interesting is it's, uh, you know, it, like we mentioned in terms of like sonically, it, it does sound very '80s in a way. And I, I like what you said about, uh, um, you know, having been very heavily inspired by the rock revolution uh, that it was happening at the mm-hmm. time. But I also think that. Uh, I don't know. I I think that it really shows that he has had so much experience in music in general with this album yeah. to uh with with the mixing that is going on. Uh I I think that uh there's a really really solid build in each song. I do one thing I wanted to comment on not to interrupt you. I do find his voice to be quiet in the mix on certain tracks. Oh, yeah. Um, which, you know, is a little bit of a nitpicky thing. And I do think that, like, yeah, like, it, there, there, there is some stuff that isn't, I think, leveled properly. Mm-hmm. I think that it's it's still mixed very well. Yeah. But uh, for a, an album that is, uh, you know, primarily made in a computer, you would yes. kind of hope that it would be a little bit more perfect, you know? Yeah, well, I mean... As a little more shiny. We are masters of leveling audio. That's um, true. As of right <laughs> now, is microphone situation. The few people that have listened all the way through are like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's been very up First and down. off, Spencer won't shut the fuck up. Yeah, he talks too loud, too. Second of all, I th- talk too quiet. Everything sounds echoey. Yes. We're mm. working on it. We're working on it. But I think technically, I think it's a, I think it's one of the stronger aspects of the album. I mean, I'm going to put it probably at an eight. Yeah, I'd, I'd meet you at an eight on this. Um, musically, <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun album to listen to. I think the stuff they're doing musically is uh, interesting and it's different. Um, I would probably, I'm going to go high on it. I think I, I enjoy this style of music. I, I'm going to go a nine on it. You're going to go a nine? Yeah. I'm probably going to go an eight and a half on it. Uh, eight and a half. I, I, do, I do dig it musically, but I also find that, uh, and this is, this is a personal thing, but mm. I find that 
uh, whenever I'm listening to an electronic album, sometimes I find it hard to differentiate when one track ends and another begins. Mm. I found that a little bit with this album, uh, as this was like the first time that I actually sat down and listened to it all the way through. Yep. Um, and but I mean, that's not to say that it's bad. It's just that I I I when I got done listening the first time, I was like really any of those could have been a single you mm. know uh so i'd i'd probably go i'd probably go an eight and a half just because of that so you, i'm gonna let you still do the math all right so 8.75 uh, we're at an 8.5 right now 8.5 lyrically um now i'm not gonna dock the lyrics i don't think they're poor per se but i don't think they're really the most uh yeah like it's not an album that you listen to the lyrics for yeah and i think he does a good job of setting tone and mood um you kind of get an idea of how he, like, especially through, like, not so much on this song, but a lot of his other songs, he does a really good job of portraying his personality. Yeah. Um, I think he does the same way on this album, not so much, like, the, the funnier sides, but the, um, you know, the sort of, like, overall, like, I wouldn't say, like, depressed, but, like, that sort of, like, um, nonchalant sort of... Uh, casual not yeah like that yeah, like he's got that sort of attitude and it uh i think it's really great um so i'm gonna go a seven and a half on the lyrics yeah i i i think i'll probably i'll i'll meet you at a seven and a half nice i i i i kind of i, I agree with you i feel like some of the lines are are funny and and, yep. and those ones really work well yeah. for me i think he's got a unique unique uh perspective is probably more what i was trying to hint at and the way he writes lyrics and writes songs are a little different than uh i'd say uh another sort of contemporary artist whatever you want to say i think it's a little less focused on um you know it's just not so much about uh i don't know what i'm saying something (laughs) (laughs) just rambling i'm just rambling anyways it's seven and a half uh reception wise i mean it was well received very well didn't get any of the uh Big nominations that it previously had, but 2010 was a very big year for music. Yeah. So it's kind of Dude, a great big pile of leaves. Have you seen my prefrontal cortex came out that year? Yep, and among other really fantastic (laughs) albums. Uh, It's really hard to beat that one, though. (laughs) But on, on like, the publication side and the critical side of things, I mean, it was very well received. Um any everything is over like close to an eight over an eight or an a yeah pretty much across the board or four out of five stars or five out of five stars because they all fucking do something different um so i'm gonna give it uh i think reception wise it has to be at least a an eight and a half or a nine yeah i'd, I'd say eight and a half because yeah. that's very close to the metacritic yeah I'd, I'd i'd probably throw it into the eight so and we'll meet an eight and a half on that now the album art i don't think the album art's anything no, it's, special it, it's it, and it's also like I gotta say, like, there's a lot of albums that look exactly like that. Like, yeah. it's not very distinguishable. It could have very well been like a Michael Bublé album. <laughs> yeah, it could have been. It's just him in a suit. Could have uh, been Robin Thicke. Which is interesting because their their other albums had pretty cool art style. Like their first album was like a, a drawn up disco ball, and then the other one, I don't know what it was. It had like a there's another drawn. Anyways, it's cool. They they did. It's different from the way their uh, first couple albums looked. Yeah. Um, Specifically, their first one, I think, is different, better, not necessarily. No, I don't think it's anything special. Yeah, like I, you know, I wouldn't say this is uh, an iconic album art by any measure. Um, so I, I'm gonna go like a six. Going a six? Yeah. Hard six? Yeah. Six. I know it's gonna bring the score down, but it. Uh, I'm gonna go a six and a half because nice. then that'll a- average us at eight. 
Nice. I think that's a fair rating. I, I think, think that's this, a fair rating. I think this album rules. Uh, if you're into this style of music or you're curious about it, uh, give it a listen. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, cool ideas on this album. Saucer and Earworm. And I, I don't think it's one of those albums either. Like, I won't say it. Like, we've had lots of albums where you're like, oh, this influenced a lot of bands afterwards. Um, don't think it's got that, that sort of no. effect. Um, but I think a lot of people that were making music in this style of music like like him. I also think like it, it's definitely like of its time, not in a bad way. Like yeah. it's 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 like you know there there was that period uh, you know when Daft Punk was at its peak and then starting to fade out, where there was a lot of artists that were doing the you know that style of electronic and yeah. dance music uh, that was pre you know the uh, uh, fucking dead mouse and skrillex style shit right so like yeah i liked one thing i like about this this specifically it's not i don't think it's dance music that's you know taking inspiration from electronic music if that makes sense it's like it's you know dance electronic that takes inspiration from rock and pop yeah so it's got a little bit of a different outlook than the other big dance groups at the time that were that were making music such as Daft Punk I think it's got a whole different uh whole different sound totally Um, but I would also say like because Daft Punk it seems like they took more inspiration from like composition and like orchestral style music yeah like they had they had like a a, uh also a weird like not weirder but like more eclectic influence yeah Uh, yeah. Anyways, I, I think it does hold up. How, yeah. How do you feel? I, I'd say it holds up. I think it's got a... I'd say since, like, I didn't discover the album until five years later. Yeah. And then... Well, I'm the same way. I didn't it, listen to it Been until, bumping it since yeah. then, so almost ten years. Yeah. I, I'd say, like, uh, you know, yeah, I'd say it holds I up. I think it holds up. So what do we ended up at? An eight out of ten? Eight out of ten. Yeah, no, that's a... Like I said, give it a listen. That fucks. Uh, it does. That fucks. Maybe we should add that as a category. Does it fuck? Does it fuck? It fucks, dude. It fucks. Can you fuck to this music? Depends on the BPM. I mean, uh, yeah. Well, it depends if you're going in intervals or if you're going like for <laughs> for distance. You know, you fucking you a sprinter or a, or a marathon runner. <laughs> nice. Uh, I am definitely a sprinter. Yeah. I. Uh, if there was a ten meter race, you'd win it. I'd win it. Yep. I got a I got a, a tiny dick, and I'll come in a heartbeat. Lovely. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening. Yeah. I'm sorry that uh, I was uh, talking too much this episode, everyone. No, and, uh, you don't have to apologize. And uh, I'm answer. sorry that the audio is bad. And, no, uh, I think the audio is fine. I'm sorry that uh, I'm sorry that my life is crumbling around me. We managed to pull out a nice hour ten minute. Nice. Well, yeah. that's pretty. For thing. now, we'll probably make some cuts and edits and all that fun stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'd definitely like to make some cuts, but. but it's not gonna be in the computer um Uh, anyways that was fun that Uh, was that was that was fun it's always good to be back it's always good to be back hopefully uh this will come out at some point yeah this will come out next week i think yeah i got the tate mccray one coming out this week nice so i mean that's not a spoiler because that's in the past now yeah it's in the past people have heard that one they went wow spencer What's wrong with you? You fucking sucked <laughs> that episode too. <laughs> you did not suck. And I'll go. Don't Thanks. be so hard on yourself. We'll go. Yeah, you know what? You should. Uh, don't be so hard. Jump on off a bridge, and I'll go. You're right. Hey, don't take it personally. Sometimes friends can be mean. No, no, no. You know what? Uh, uh, you were not a jerk. I 
am an actual jerk. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening. Anal contusions. <laughs>